Hello, nerds. It's me, Tony Sindelar. Welcome back to Batman University, uh, the podcast where me and a guest uh, talk about an animated episode of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, you know, I, my guests will come on and they, they pick an episode that is maybe it's one they really like. Maybe it's one that's really weird. Maybe it's one that's really fun. Hopefully it's one that's interesting and we'll chat about it. Uh, my guest today on Batman University, uh, I know him for his uh, occasional appearances on Incomparable uh, and on uh, Clockwise on uh, Relay FM. Um, I also mainly know him as the uh, the creator of the calculator app I use uh, quite regularly on my phone. It's uh, James Thompson, the creator of PCalc. Hi, James. Hi, Tony. Uh, thanks for letting me join you here deep in the Batcave library. Um, I like what you've done with the place. It's it's homey. It's I wish it had more square footage, but I keep filling whatever square footage I have with Batman related media. So what are you going to do? Um, it's just how we roll here. Uh, so, uh, James, uh, I know that you are you're you're a would it be fair to say a comics fan, a comics enthusiast? Yes, I think that's fair to say. If you could see my office currently, you would think that. I think I've seen a photo of your office that you shared at one point, and there were a lot of comics. Uh, and also, I don't know if it was your office, but also comics and Legos. And it was like, this is this is what I wish my office would look like if I if I had an actual office and I had more space. <laughs> I have a small amount of comics and Legos in a even smaller space than is really appropriate for them. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so tell me about your kind of your interest in Batman. Uh, you know, I don't know if you. I mainly come to Batman through the Batman animated series. I don't know if you mainly come through it through the comics or through other Batman sources because there are many Batman sources out there. Well, I grew up watching reruns of the 60s Batman TV show, really, as a kid. Um, I have a photo of me here, aged about six, wearing a classic Batman outfit that's clearly far too big for me. Um, and that was pretty much the default Batman in my head until the 89 Tim Burton one, and especially Batman Returns in 92, which was possibly down to the influence of Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, but as a slightly older kid, I was mainly reading 2000 AD and Judge Dredd and things like that. And only really the occasional bit of DC and Marvel comics. Uh, but of the stuff that I did read, Batman was definitely my favorite. And Wonder Woman as well, as I got a bit older, mainly down to the influence of Linda Carter. Uh, but Batman, the animated series, showed in the UK as part of a Saturday morning uh, kids show, What's Up Doc? I was a student at the time and I don't remember ever watching it then. You know, I may not have been awake at that time of the morning on a Saturday. And I'd like to claim that this was because I was out partying, but it was <laughs> probably more plausible that I was up late poring over developer documentations in front of a Mac classic. Um, so really as a result of your, your top 10 podcast, I decided to enroll in an entry level course at Batman University. And really, where better to start but at the entire end of the series and uh, the beginning of the character of Harley Quinn. Yeah, so the uh, the episode that James has picked, it's a great one. Uh, I think we're lucky that we hadn't gotten to it yet, but now we're going to. Uh, I think it's one people have been tweeting to me about and saying, when are you going to do this one? Because it's, it's definitely a big one. It is uh, Mad Love. Uh, which is the numbering on Batman gets kind of confusing. Uh, the DVD set I watched it on, this was not the last episode, but in other numberings, it is the final episode. Uh, so I think this is, you know, people usually consider it the last episode. And it's it's basically, uh, it's one part uh, set in the current day and one part a Harley Quinn flashback. So that's, uh, we're going to dive uh, real deep into that episode. So that's your spoiler-free what it's about. If you want to go uh, watch it before you, you listen further, you've been warned. 
So, I mean, I was always aware of Harley Quinn as a character, and especially most recently from things like the Arkham games. And I knew the character had first appeared in the animated series. But I really started with the Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti run um, from 2013. Mm-hmm. And, and I picked up those books initially a bit at random because I'd heard good things about them and instantly became a fan of both the character and their work in general. Um, at this point, a few years later, I have a sort of entire wall of signed Amanda Connor Harley Quinn cover art wow. <laughs> on my walls. Um, but I read all of those before I read um, the original Mad Love comic or any of the other comic versions of Harley, for that matter. So I'm completely doing things out of order. And I only just watched today the Joker's Favor episode from 92 that introduced Harley. Mm-hmm. And last week I saw the Suicide Squad movie. So it's really, this is like the time traveler's wife, but with Harley <laughs> Quinn instead. Yeah. Um, so it's quite strange for me to go from that, the, the Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti version of Harley back to all these other different versions, because that's, you know, I look at them and I think, and this sounds like the name of a kid's book, but that's not my Harley. Mm-hmm. So I'm less familiar with the the comics version. So could you tell me a little bit about how that, like what, what makes your version of Harley Harley or, or how are they different? Uh, the, the main thing, it's all sort of set uh, post Joker. So uh, it, it does sort of view the, the Joker relationship as having been an abusive relationship that she got out of and just sort of got as far away from all that as possible. And it's not set in Gotham. There's very little crossover with any other Batman characters with apart from Poison Ivy. And uh, it's a much lighter tone. I mean, she's still sort of a homicidal maniac and people die, but generally people that deserve it. And she's, she's, moving, she's moved more towards a sort of hero um, role in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Joker does crop up uh, once or twice uh, in the run of the story, but it, it's very much in a like meeting up with uh, an ex-boyfriend kind of uh, situation. So it sounds like she's very much her own character and she's the center of the stories as opposed to being oh, yes. the villain yeah. sidekick as she is in a lot of media. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, it's it's, you know, it's done with a... A lightness of tone, but it does touch on a number of serious issues as well. Mm-hmm. It seems like, and again, I you know I, I've read a lot of comics, but not not enough, I guess. And, and I, I haven't read. Uh, it sounds like a lot of the stuff that you have. So I've got some homework for myself. Uh, as happens at Batman University, you, you you end up with homework when you show up here. So that's that'll be my homework. Uh, but it seems like you know the, the Harley Quinn character is is really quite popular with fandom uh, and different versions of it. I you know I know the version from the Arkham games and from the uh, the Batman animated series the most, uh, and a little bit from other spinoffs. But it seems like uh, quite popular and, and kind of a kind of a, even a rising star in fandom. Uh, you know, pro- probably not quite at the level of like the the DC Trinity of uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, but getting there in terms of like a name that sells comics, uh, which is which is a big deal. And maybe there will be a the, 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 I have not seen Suicide Squad yet. You have. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm bad about getting out to see movies in theaters. I'll see it eventually. Um, but you know, the, p- 
people have been talking about like this is this character is on the rise and and they're excited about that and i think some of it is just uh people are excited that there's a a a woman character but also i mean people really like this character and there's a there's a nuance to this character that could have been a kind of a throwaway two-dimensional character uh from pretty early on that's that's pretty impressive and i think you know fans are responding to right yeah definitely and i think all the different versions are uh there's there's elements from from like the animated series in the Suicide Squad version, and you know they they play around with a lot of that stuff, but they're all quite distinct and distinctly different. And I think if you've if you're fixed on a particular one, you might not come to the others uh, quite as well. I, I I I had somewhat mixed feelings about the Suicide Squad portrayal as well, um, and it, it's kind of like I I just want to give you know. Uh, the the current comics people the the reins and get them to write a script for a new movie and i think that would be perfect but um but yeah this is the sort of the canonical harley story and boy is it dark yeah in fact this is probably one of the darkest stories i've ever seen in a cartoon which is ostensibly made for children it's pretty dark i'm kind of i'm i'm flipping my head through uh, a bunch of the because I've, I've been watching a lot of Batman. I just as of today, I have now watched the entire Batman animated series, rewatched it all, and and the new Batman Adventures this summer. Uh, there, I think I had forgotten. I mean, these were all things I watched as you know, a, a like twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old uh, that I would watch. They would be on. Uh, I, I think they were. I forget if they were airing originally, if it was in repeats, but it was like I remember coming home from school and it would be on at like four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon, and I would watch it while doing homework. Um, and the darkness of a lot of the episodes was kind of lost on me, uh, because definitely having gone and back and rewatched them in pretty quick duration, there are some other very dark ones. This one is probably, I think the darkest in terms of kind of, uh, perhaps the kind of the, the realness of, uh, an abusive relationship as opposed to other themes that might be, you know, there are episodes that, and I had, I had totally blanked these out of my head because I guess they probably just didn't resonate with me. You know, there's an episode that, that deals with drug addiction and I'd like, you know, like I remembered that episode, but the premise of it never stuck with me. Uh, there's a lot of body horror stuff with the more monster uh, villains, but there's something kind of so very real about this, uh, this abusive relationship between uh, Joker and Harley that is set front and center in this particular episode like it's it's frequently there uh but they really play up in this episode both the kind of uh psychologically abusive and physically abusive uh aspects of the relationship right like i mean he's striking her multiple times and she's getting thrown around and ignored and and berated and uh i guess we'll get into the scene by scene in a bit but it is it is very dark for for a kid's show um so yeah i'm i'm with you (laughs) so you know this episode starts like all great superhero stories with a visit to the dentist (laughs) indeed and uh for some people that's a very dark start already yeah (laughs) i can imagine yes um but so commissioner gordon turns up to to visit dr j rico who unsurprisingly it's an anagram and he turns out to be the joker and uh harley is assist his assistant Mm -hmm. and uh he gets strapped to a chair and the Joker's about to kill him when, of course, Batman interrupts. Flies in through the window. Oh. Yeah. And uh, Harley shows some initiative and gasses Batman and she makes a quip. And uh, the Joker very, very angrily responds to this and he says, you know, I give the punchlines around here. 
and uh, he makes his escape and he drags her out by her hat or hair. I'm not sure if her hair goes into the ends of her hat or not. Um, and, you know, with her sort of in pain, uh, I did like there was the, the line just as he runs out. He says, uh, may the floss be with you. Yes. <laughs> Um, which is one of the lines that's changed from the original comic, but yes, the the um, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, yeah, the, the comic shouldn't have a voice actor, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, the, the, then we get the the, the standard uh, policeman type line of "I really hate these checkups." Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, and then we cut to the funny bone shipping and the joker clearly needs better cover for his uh organization but the joker is uh sitting at a desk basically working on his plans to kill batman because he he needs to do it perfectly you know the he needs to prove he is superior before he he kills yeah. batman harley poses the question in the scene like why don't you just shoot him uh, and that question gets posed while she's she's basically uh, kind of trying to seduce the Joker, uh, and he is just he is ignoring her and then like shoving her away and, and rejecting her advances. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and she's... being you know being not a uh, not a very caring partner. So, and um, you know, she's wearing a sort of slinky red nightdress to try and mm-hmm. entice him, and uh, not quite as see through as the one in the original comic I noted, but still pretty racy again for again for, for a kids show. Yeah, yeah. And and there's the line about, you know, do you want to rev up your Harley? And he at that, he sort of pushes her off a desk onto the ground. And, yeah, he's can only focus on, on beating Batman. And, you know, the, there's more back and forth. And he sh- at one point shoots acid out of uh, um, his uh, lapel flower, which misses her and dissolves a life-size Batman statue that he has in his office for some reason. <laughs> Uh, and he's got this plan which he finds, which he had initially rejected, which was the the death of a thousand smiles, which involved uh, a tank of piranhas. But then he realized the problem with it was he couldn't make them smile. Mm-hmm. It also it does seem a little derivative of a plan compared to I, I it always sticks with me from a kid the the uh, classic episode a few seasons earlier where the Joker fish episode where he does poison many fish to have joker smiles except for uh i forget if it's a great white shark or it's just a there's a large shark and he's like it already has the smile and his plan is to feed uh batman to a shark uh spoiler uh batman does not get fed to a shark so but apparently his uh uh joker gas whatever doesn't work on piranhas it may work on every other fish um and harley again is like you know i know how to make some smiles again trying to um uh, be amorous with him and he throws her out uh onto her face in in the alleyway outside and uh she stews in this a bit and then vows revenge on batman for clearly it is batman that is coming between her and the joker and ruining everything and then we we go back we have a flashback which is right back to uh the origins of the character and this is the majority of the episode, really. At least the kind of the really exciting part in terms of a part of the character that we have not seen before and has never really been explained. Um, so, 
Yeah. So um, there, there are some differences I noted at this point. Like in the the original comic, uh, it talks a bit about her educational background and implies basically that she has slept her way to getting a qualification, hmm. which is omitted in this version. So clearly there were some lines that they weren't prepared to go to uh, in a kid's program. But we have her turning up. That, also, that, that feels, I have, to, I have to say, that's that's kind of a strange thing for a, for a premise also. It seems like, you know, I mean, she is working in an asylum dealing with the mentally ill. Uh, I feel like that's probably, I don't know, it seems like that's not a very glamorous position that you would get to. Well, it seems it, like probably that's, that's you probably get there through a lot of hard work and willing to sacrifice. And do, but uh, there, There's some yeah. implication, I think, that she's possibly wanting to write a tell-all book oh, on okay. the inmates. So, you know, she's looking for a shortcut, possibly to to fame. Mm-hmm. That I think that's more in the, in the in the comic than in this. But I think there's a line that references that. But yes, yeah, so we have we we flash back to Arkham and we have Harleen Quinzel as an aspiring criminal psychiatrist intern, and uh, she gets the the quick tour of Arkham, and of course one of the first people that she sees is the Joker who's in his cell, and. Uh, she gets warned and says, you know, the inmates will eat you alive. Uh, and she goes back to her room later and she finds a rose on her desk with a message from the Joker saying, come down and see me sometime. And so she goes down and she sort of says, you know, the guards wouldn't be happy if they knew that, that this was here uh, and that you'd managed to get this to me. And he's like, well, you haven't told them, so clearly you're not going to. Uh, and the Joker says, oh, your, your name sounds a bit like Harley Quinn. And she says, yes, I get that a lot. <laughs> uh, and he says, yeah, it's a name that puts a smile on my face. And she's walking away, not buying any of this. And then she says, well, you know, someone that might like to hear my secrets. And she turns around at this point um, because, you know, I think she that is why, she, you know, she wants to get under the skin of these people. And... So she she says she spends, I think it's three months preparing or something, you know, learning all about the Joker so she doesn't fall for any of his tricks. And she sits down and then the Joker completely disarms her by telling a story about how his father drank and hit him each night. And the only thing that made his father laugh was the, a trip to the circus and seeing cat, the clowns dropping their pants. So he does it too, and uh, he gets hospitalized as a result. And she has this clipboard, and she's ticking things off, and it says, abusive childhood, alcoholic father, beaten when prank went wrong, three days in the hospital, and things like that. And again, I'm thinking, you know, kids show. Kids stuff, kids stuff, yeah. Yeah. Classic kids stuff, Saturday morning, yeah. Child abuse and um, alcoholism are always Saturday morning fair. Yeah, and and I mean again, there's the question of the veracity of the Joker's story, uh, and you know this is described by a character versus shown, but still very very dark um, for material for it for uh, what is ostensibly a kids' show to uh, to explore and dwell on. <laughs> so, and yeah, and so she she sees the 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 good in him. She sees him as a tortured soul, and she said, just trying to make the world laugh. And gradually we we see her falling in love with the patient. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote down hybristophilia. 
hybristophilia, which is apparently this um, basically uh, falling for a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's she's explaining, you know, that, that ha- this is bad, that she's fallen for him. And you hear that the Joker saying, well, you know, it's perfectly understandable. You know, you were working hard in education, so you just, you know, you didn't partake in any of these things. And now, you know, uh, somebody makes you laugh. Uh, and then it cuts to show that she's lying on the psychiatrist's chair and the Joker is sitting interviewing her. So we had the reversal there. Yeah. Which is haunting. Uh, and, you know, it shows you kind of what a powerful kind of manipulator uh, the Joker can be. Uh, in addition to being just a kind of like loose cannon, he can be quite calculating. Um, and that that is, it's, you know, it's very unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he has totally pulled her into, into his world. And there's a, there's a reference to the horrible week where he escapes and she's sitting reading the paper and the newspaper has a headline about, you know, Joker on the loose, body count rising. And she's like, oh, this is terrible for him. You know, he's, you know, just uh, a lost soul. And she doesn't seem to register any of, of this murder that is happening on the outside world. And yeah, so the the Joker is brought back to Arkham by Batman in person. And he's clearly... Uh, the Joker is worse for wear and has been beaten up. And this pushes her completely over the edge to breaking point. Uh, and yeah, she goes out to a nearby costume shop, uh, looks through all the costumes. Uh, there's a at least what looks like a Superman knockoff costume and a few others that I didn't quite recognize in a Santa suit. But she goes for the, the, the Harlequin outfit and stocks off on a number of things and doesn't pay for it on the way out. Uh, yeah, and she marches her way back to uh, Arkham and knocks out a guard with uh, a rubber chicken with a brick a brick inside it. I appreciated that. I, I did like, like that. Yes. <laughs> um, and she uh, then is attaching explosive to the um, outside of uh, the Joker's cell and blows it open. And there were two things about this. One, if you're putting an explosive charge behind a big pane of glass... <laughs> that, that's probably not going to end well, and she's probably would have killed him at that point. But also, which costume shops stop explosives? Yeah, I mean, maybe there were some other stop-offs on the way. I mean, clearly, uh, explosives are not heavily regulated in, in Gotham. Yeah, this so, is true. Because everybody true. seems to have their hands on them. Um, and then we get the reveal, and she says, mm-hmm. say hello to your new improved Harley Quinn, taking the name that he's given for her. And yeah, she breaks the Joker out and they literally drive off into the sunset. And yeah, we, we cut back to the present day and uh, the Gotham PD and Batman have got a, a video cassette from Harley saying that the Joker is going to take out the whole city because of Batman preventing him taking out Gordon. She sends in this video to Batman and the PD uh, saying, you know, there's this plan and I, I can't take it anymore. And very striking in terms of the performance where she, she at the start of the video, she is in her Harley persona and she kind of takes off her mask and shows who she is uh, without the mask. And I mean, we have seen her without the mask, uh, especially she's been in other disguises in the first episode she appears in. She uh, pretends to be a policewoman for a while and things like that. So we kind of know what he looks like. But there's something, I don't know, it, there's an unsettling thing to seeing kind of like her face 
uh, not covered by the mask. I mean, there's even a lot of other times when she is not in her full outfit, she still has the mask on, right? Even earlier in this episode when she was uh, uh, trying to make out with the Joker, she's wearing the like the negligee, but she has the face mask on. At the, the, the head yeah, face. I mean, also uh, when she was the, the assistant to the dentist, yes. she had the, the, the mask on as well. Yeah, so it's there's a, there's kind of a, a dis- disconcerting thing there when we see her in the Harley Quinn outfit with her actual real face uh, and though her, you know, her her statements on the video turn turn out not to be sincere, uh, it's quite striking, and you can see how the uh, you could you can understand why uh, Batman would be tricked by it, I guess. Yeah, and I did wonder um, why it was a black and white cassette, and I I was thinking about this, and it was black and white in the comic as well, and I could only think because if she takes off like the mask part and mm-hmm. takes off the hat. She's still presumably got white yeah, face, face paint. paint. So, yeah. But if it's a black and white video, they, then just, they don't worry about that. They don't have to worry about that. So I, I wondered. That was if, clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, of course, Batman is going to um, fall for this. Uh, and I think it does show how, and what happens later shows how clever she is. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, she is actually uh, in some ways smarter than the Joker. And certainly knows how to use psychological tricks. Mm-hmm. And it, it does kind of play up. It connects to some kind of earlier episodes. Uh, I mean, Batman is is sympathetic to Harley Quinn, even though she is this kind of homicidal maniac. Um, there's there's the episode where uh, Joker's going to set off like, I, I think it's, I forget if it's the same episode where Joker has an atom bomb, but certainly, jo- yeah, I believe Joker is going to set off an atom bomb in Gotham. And like, she and Batman take a tour of like a Joker's old haunt looking for clues about him. And like, she kind of talks about her life. And I believe at one point he even like buys her a dress that she had previously tried to buy legitimately and then gotten uh, accused of uh, shoplifting and, and whatnot. So like Batman is, I, I think a little bit, I don't can, uh, sympathetic to her and sees her as a, a victim. And unfortunately that basically makes him more vulnerable to being taken in by her ploy. Uh, and and perhaps she is totally aware of that and and manipulates him, uh, but yeah, she. I mean, she clearly, if she really wanted to, could kill Batman. Uh, and I guess because she's a little bit more results driven as opposed to the Joker who needs to kill him in a specific uh, theatrical way that will uh, meet his needs. Uh, if if the job needs to be done, she can take care of it. Uh, she just doesn't always have basically uh, permission to do so until she's off on her own. Hmm. Um, I mean, in in the comics, there's the the interactions between her and Batman are, are far more pleasant, uh, especially in in the new Fifty Two stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. There's at one point she kisses, I think she kisses Batman at one point, and then later on kisses Bruce Wayne, and then tells Bruce Wayne that he better get some tips from Batman on how to kiss <laughs> kiss a girl, <laughs> which, which uh, Bruce Wayne appreciates. Um. <laughs> But yes, so Harley, uh, uh, sorry, Batman goes to, to meet Harley and at the docks. And, and yeah, he, he like says, you know, show me the plans because she says she's got the plans of the, the Joker's scheme. And presumably she just picked up some of the plans uh, from his stock of uh, murderous schemes. He's got a file. Yeah. <laughs> and he won't miss one or two. Yeah. Uh, and... As they're talking, the the Joker rides in on a on a boat uh, with a machine gun shooting, uh, saying, "You know, traitor" or something like that. And of course, Batman again goes for his instincts of of protecting her, 
And so he pushes her to the ground, sort of gets in the way. Uh, but this proves to be his undoing because the, it is not the Joker. It is a robot Joker or, or not. And uh, that gets decapitated, in fact. And I did wonder if it was the real Joker, what would have happened uh, in that scenario. But hopefully, I, it's just it's a really fragile. Uh, yeah, the the, the head was just the, not because he doesn't normally decapitate people with uh, batarangs. So. Yes, just a, maybe it was more like a mannequin with a with some automated, uh, you know, a voice box and a machine gun that fires on a timer or something. Could be so. Yeah, fairly sophisticated to knock up in a in a short period yeah. of time. So again, to her skills, um, unless the Joker just has another room full of you know. <laughs> dummies and decoys but as batman goes to protect her uh she tranquilizes him in the neck with a syringe and he awakens suspended over the tank of piranhas from the scheme and she wants to show mr j that she can pull off one of his plans and she works out that she hangs batman upside down uh then all the frowns on the piranhas and i never really thought about piranhas having frowns um it turns their frowns upside down and so they're smiling so it is indeed the death of a uh, hundred smiles although it doesn't look to me like there's a hundred piranha in that tank but about 10 but <laughs> well you know budgets yeah um, um and there's enough there's enough to get the job done yeah i don't know how many you need uh, one in the wrong place will cause <laughs> a lot of trouble so but she she tells batman that you know She's enjoyed their their schemes every now and again, and she kind of seems a bit bad that she's going to have to kill him, but um, she's going to do it anyway because uh, she wants to settle down with the Joker. And Batman starts laughing in this sort of booming yeah. laugh. Yeah, Batman's laughter is uh, eerie. <laughs> I don't know if we hear Batman laugh a lot in the Batman animated series. It is not a great sound here. <laughs> and, and she, yeah, she remarks on this, and she says. I've never seen you laugh before. I don't think I like it. Yeah. And he calls her you little fool, uh, which I think is possibly him trying to bait her, but uh, came off a bit weird. But uh, he tells her that, you know, the Joker has hundreds of sob stories and she's like, doesn't believe it. And, uh, you know, all she needs to do is kill him and everything will be right. And, the, you know, the, he says that the he repeats part of the stories that the Joker has told her, and you know the, about the only thing that made his father laugh, but then it's an ice rink or something, some other thing, and she's just breaking down at this point and decides, you know, all she needs to do just kill him, that'll make everything okay, and he says, ah, you know, the Joker's never going to buy this. If there isn't a body, you could easily have faked, you know, scraps of cloth and flesh or something. No, I realize Batman does not have a lot to work with here. Um, I didn't, I had to say, I didn't think that was the most compelling of arguments. Uh, I mean, I have never killed anyone. I've never killed anyone with piranhas, but it seems like it would be pretty easy to just feed like half of a Batman to piranhas. And then you've got half of a Batman. That's pretty good, compelling proof that Batman is dead. Right. So that I, but you know, he, she is being heavily manipulated by 
by uh and you know batman does not have a lot of options so he's he's trying to get in her head um i felt like other another villain might have just pulled the switch but you know that would be a dark note to end the show on so <laughs> the last episode the yes. last episode he goes down um but i mean i i think the uh yeah in a way it's interesting because batman is manipulating her too mm-hmm. uh much like the joker was and he's saying you know he says he basically gets her to phone up the Joker and the Joker is literally still in the same seat. She's gone off and she's created, you know, robot Jokers and hired a piranha tank or whatever it is she's done here. And she's done all this. And the Joker is still in the same place going over the same plans, you know, being a bit of a perfectionist about it. And he's listening to her on the phone and going, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he realizes what she's saying and he, he rushes over and she's so, excited and she's you know like oh he was you know so excited he just could barely speak or something and he bursts into the room five minutes later so clearly the piranha tank was right next door and uh well they're in the abandoned warehouse district so there's only you know yeah it's you know piranha tanks a couple couple streets over yeah and uh he runs into the room and he slaps her so hard he sends her flying across the room and the hit is off screen it is but you still you still kind of feel it you you feel it because you see how far she goes and there's a full sound effect of a of a big slap or a big hit and and she doesn't understand and she says but you know I've, i've done all this for you and i've got i've set up your this is your plan here i'm just enacting it and she says, but I did do the thing with turning him upside down. And he's annoyed at this. And he says, you know, if you have to explain a joke, then it's not a joke. And it's back and forward and she's backing up and she grabs the nearest, like, um, sharp uh, pointed fish uh, and to defend herself. And, and he says, repeating the line from earlier, that you always take shots from folks who just don't get the joke. And then he hits her and... He throws her basically out a five-story window and you see her falling in slow motion. And this is clearly not a sort of cartoon Wile E. Coyote style no. fall. And then we cut to the bottom and she's lying there and there's like blood coming out of her mouth. She's clearly... Uh, she looks near death. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it is. And yeah. uh, she she says the line, you know, it's my fault. I didn't get the joke, which is very much the sort of you know, touches on the um, uh, domestic abuse type scenarios. And again, um, don't want to overuse the word dark, but that that was kind of the the second darkest moment in the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Joker sort of says. Yeah, you know, yeah. Let let's forget all this to Batman, and, and let's let's move on. You know, <laughs> I I have to apologize for the help, um, kind of thing. Uh, and then he thinks about it, but you're kind of tied up there, and maybe I could just kill you. And it doesn't look like he's going to go through with any of the clever plans or anything, or you he's know, going to shoot him. He's just going to shoot him in the head, which is of course what, what Harley, Harley said to suggested. him earlier. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but. Of course, Batman just sort of, I think he hits his arm such that he deflects the shot slightly up and it hits the tank of piranhas who all spill out onto the two of them. And the Joker runs away with piranhas still clinging to him with Batman in pursuit. 
and then we get this this good scene on on top of the the train because uh, the Joker's trying to escape uh, on this train, and Batman is sort of goading him and saying that well actually she came much closer to getting me than you ever have, and he calls uh, him pudding as well just just to really rub it in, so they have a sort of knockdown fight on top of a train, and Batman just knocks him off uh off the train and he falls down a chimney like another good sort of like five ten story fall batman doesn't go and check and nope. see he's busy he's, he's like yeah I, i'm just gonna leave him and people are on the news saying yeah well there's no way the joker could have survived that but nobody goes to look and yeah then we get the the the, the final scene and Harley is taken back to Arkham, uh, clearly in a bad way, bandaged up, and and she she disavows the Joker and she says, you know, no more Joker. Finally, see him for what he is, you know, murderous, manipulative, irredeemable. And then she turns round, and then on the side uh, next to the bed is the same type of vase with a a rose in it. And then she just finishes the sentence as angel, and you just see her face light up with yeah, this they, again. Uh, really twist the knife in you with that last little shot there, you know? Yeah, um, and because I I was not sure how it was going to end, uh, having having not seen this before, or at least not remembering in detail. Uh, I could have seen them doing an ending, uh, um, and I know this is a, a pretty much direct adaptation of a comic. Uh, so I guess for the comics continuity, they, that she has to keep going back to the Joker. But I, I could have seen a version of the story where, like, you know, she's actually over him and she's going to move on. And she's still locked in an asylum and having to deal with that. And that's, you know, that's a lot to deal with. But they kind of, despite all of it, go re- kind of reset to status quo and the tragedy of that uh, with her kind of forgiving him uh, because he leaves a flower on her little nightstand there. And the the comic is actually slightly worse because oh. in the comic the the she's talking to um, one of the other the Arkham uh, psychiatrists who's talking to her and saying you know what did it feel like to finally you know realize how you've been manipulated and you know beaten and all this and and at that point she turns around and she sees the flower and she says it felt like a kiss. Oh. That is worse. Which is worse. So yeah. they 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 didn't want to go to that, but but yeah, uh, I mean, if you want the story of her finally moving on and realizing that he's bad, you know, read the the, the current run uh, because that's basically what it is. And she goes off. She's not in Arkham, but she goes off and she's inherited uh, a block of uh, apartments and basically mm-hmm. runs a block of apartments, much like Hawkeye did around about the same time in the mm-hmm. comics. Um, but it, it's it's an interesting take because it is like moving on from that point of her realizing that things were were really bad, uh, and it takes you know about I think it's like twenty four issues or something before the Joker actually shows up. So it was literally years before uh, he comes back for for just like one or two uh, mm-hmm. issues. I will check that out. Um... Yeah, it's 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 a little it's I don't know it's, it's a dark episode. I kind of wish that she had kind of had more of a um, a moment of of redemption. Uh, there's a lot of kind of uh, 
things where they do, they do kind of the paralleling. I mean, even the Joker is going to just shoot Batman at the end because he's chained up there, even though that was the plan he had projected earlier. Uh, definitely like showing Harley as the, the, you know, the patient and the prisoner in the ward when we had seen her earlier in the episode as like the doctor and the caregiver in the ward. It's uh, it's, it's a dark story and it, it's, yeah, and and the, rough. the um, manipulation by Batman and the Joker, obviously not as bad yeah. on Batman's side. And, you know, I don't know if there's an, you know, the, so the, with the new Batman adventures, they adjust a bunch of things, the character designs and some of the premises of the characters a little bit. Um, you know, the version of the Joker changes from what he looked like in the earlier seasons. Harley Quinn is notably one of the few characters who does not change in any way whatsoever. Like, mm. I guess that was just like, and maybe that's just because she hadn't been around enough. So they wanted to go with the only established look for her versus other characters have had many interpretations or just they felt like they nailed it. But it is interesting because having watched a bunch of the Joker stories in the the new Batman adventures, they definitely touch on the kind of dysfunctional. I, I, I it's, you know, it's clearly an abusive relationship. I don't know if it's always depicted as an abusive relationship in part just because of what content they were comfortable uh, uh, showing. But it's consistently depicted as like a dysfunctional uh, relationship. You know, there's there's an episode we might cover on Batman University later that uh, I, I enjoy. It's amusing. It's uh, Joker's Millions, and it's basically Joker comes into a bunch of money uh, and changes his life, and like Harley Quinn is not involved, and like she is notably like still in jail, and she's like, "What? Whoa, 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 whoa! What's going on? Why aren't? Why am I not in on this?" Yeah, I saw a um, bit of that episode. Well, actually, I watched that episode earlier today as well. Uh, yeah, I, the much more lighthearted version of the dysfunctional relationship. Um, but it is like, I mean, I think in the new Madman Adventure, Joker is a lot more of kind of a failure, right? There's there's multiple episodes about who he's kind of, he is no longer kind of like the terrorist that is running Gotham behind the scenes uh, or, or keeping everybody on their toes. Living in some grotty apartment. Yeah, and... he is just one of many villains. And in fact, he is not always that successful. And, you know, I mean, especially he is mainly around terrorizing people and going after Batman, which it turns out not very profitable <laughs> as opposed to other villains that are more into say uh, running criminal enterprises or uh, uh, you know, they, they want to stay away from Batman as opposed to coming into conflict with him again and again. So there's, I don't know if it's an arc so much as the new Batman adventure just kind of readjust to a version of uh, Joker that is, I guess less romanticized, right? In the in the the first few seasons, he is. Uh, I mean, he's not like idealized in any way, um, but he's not a schlub, or he he is much more of a schlub, and he's this abusive boyfriend. And uh, they, I guess they managed to find more kind of facets of evil to tack onto <laughs> him. Um, yeah, I mean, in the, the the comic, there was a few other little things that they omitted. There was a a, a fantasy sequence of her seeing this uh, domestic bliss that she was living in with the Joker, with two kids as well. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they were still wearing the... Well, she was still wearing her Harlequin head gear. Uh, and the kids were as well. <laughs> one dressed up as her, one dressed as, as the Joker. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was also references that the the main thing that the Joker was worried about was the fact that this was going to affect his standing. The fact that she had pulled off this plan and killed Batman and he hadn't. And that somebody goads him saying, you know, that, uh, who's that? Or that, you know, that's Mr. Harley Quinn. And, and yeah, there's just a, you know, a few small things, but it was a pretty much straight, uh, adaptation, very much closer than I was expecting it to be given the, the, the medium. Uh, yeah, 
and yeah, I, I just I I wish I had seen it at the time. Um, and I don't know how, like as you say, whether I would be too young and and I would think, oh yeah, that's terrible, but not really think about it. It is tricky. I mean, you know, the Batman animated series has. Uh, you know, there's a lot of violence and action and some there is slapstick violence, not a lot, there, but there's some slapstick violence. There's lots of just kind of adventure action uh, violence. And then occasionally there is kind of the more horrifying types of violence. And, I, you know, it, it does. It, it makes me wonder how much of that I just kind of in my head as a kid gets lumped in with the, the kind of more slapstick and hmm. freewheeling adventure violence, because there is there is some stuff that is kind of disturbing uh, that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's good that it goes over your head as a kid, or maybe it's not so good that you're not kind of <laughs> critically consuming it. Um, but yeah, this is. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would almost wonder what ages this this would be appropriate for, uh, in terms of what it depicts, um, and how it depicts it. It's, it is, it is, it is rough. I mean, when I think the scene when she gets thrown out the window and they show her falling and like landing in a pile of trash in a Gotham alley, and you know, it looks like she could be dead, uh, and she is not, but she is severely hurt, right? And they, they later show her in, like, all kinds of casts and stuff. Like, she is not just bouncing back. Uh, you know, there there are repercussions of this this violence. Um, it's not just cartoon slapstick. Um, and it is it is something, you know, it's, it's very dark because of the abusive relationship, even just that it's, you know, it's not just Batman punching a guy and then he's tied up and he gets carted off to jail. It's like, no, this is you know, someone uh, being physically abusive to uh, a person that they're in or theoretically in a loving relationship with, though it's, you know, how loving the Joker side of it is, <laughs> is you know, not very consistent, uh, but he is, you know, not a very well-balanced character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I know that this is a, a much beloved episode and, and indeed uh, the original comic that it's from. Um, and I think it, it, it's very interesting to see it. Um, but it, it's, to me, it's just horrifying. Yeah. It's heavy. I, I was normally, I, I watched episodes, uh, twice in close proximity to be being on it. And I watched this one earlier today and I was like, I'm going to wait a little while before I watch this one again. <laughs> uh, cause it's, it's heavy. I mean, I think definitely it is. Uh, it's important, and it's uh, the 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 Harley Quinn character is uh, is one that a lot of people like and really appreciate, and it's definitely interesting. Uh, so, in the kind of as we're marching our way down, like Batman animated series episodes that you should check out if you're not going to sit down and watch all of them, which you know you could do. That's what I did. But listeners, if you want wants to seek out, like this is one you should definitely sneak out. Like this is definitely uh, in addition to it being kind of the last one. Uh, you know, there's there's some pretty moving. Uh, meaningful stories about um, some major characters in the Batman uh, a- animated universe here. You know, Batman is is in this story, but again, this is another, and these are the ones I like. This is kind of a Batman story that's not about Batman. And especially this is part of the Batman, uh, the new Batman adventures. Uh, this is one that's actually kind of unusual in that almost all of the new Batman adventures either have um, Robin or ba- uh, Batgirl in them. Like, clearly they were like, other either made the creative decision or under direction to like play up the sidekick angle. Uh, we don't see a sidekick in this one at all. That's pretty unusual in that last season of Batman. Uh, and it's also like, I mean, Batman's there, uh, but he is not driving the action. Much of this is told uh, from Harley's perspective or in Har- via Harley's flashback. Like this is a story about Harley Quinn that has Batman in it a yeah. little bit. Uh, and, you know, in my mind, those are the, some of the interesting episodes 
uh, is the episodes that are not Batman focused uh, and that, that really kind of show you what life is like in this setting from other characters in the world. Um, and so this is a great one for that. Yeah. And uh, I think if you got to the end of this and you, you wished for her to make a slightly better decision for her life, um, go read the, the um, Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti uh comics they've just reset i think to issue one again uh as a sort of jumping on point so the and you know the first half of the issue is just catch up but it it it, it's it follows on nicely from from that kind of you know what if alternate decision kind of thing yeah well james do you think we've covered what we need to uh for mad love i think we have i mean i think yeah I, it's hard for me to say that I enjoyed it, you know, because that that doesn't sound good. But you know, it was it was uh, it was certainly interesting to watch, and it's a very different depiction of Harley to the one that I'm used to. I think you can you can appreciate things without necessarily enjoying or liking them. Yes, um, you know, um, you know, not not all media media is meant to be uplifting and make us feel great about things. So <laughs> um, that's not how it works. Um, all right. Well, I think we are good to uh, to close the books on uh, another edition of Batman University. Uh, thank you for joining us, listeners. Check out this episode again. Uh, James, uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining me to talk about this episode and bringing it to our attention. Uh, listeners, I suggest if, you, if you're an iOS user and you need a calculator, uh, I don't know why you're not already using pCalc, but you should probably be using pCalc. Right, James? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, nerds. Bye.